Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. You guys know the drill. Weekly picks. We're doing the NFL. When I say we, I welcome back our current guest, Jackson Powers. Jackson, doing good? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing great. Let's get right into it. Um, just for frame of reference, you're probably listening to this. This will probably be published on Friday. Um, we're recording this during Thursday Night Football, so we won't take a long time on it. But Jackson, going into today, um, prior to the game, not influenced by what has happened thus far, um, what was what were you thinking for Jacksonville-Cincinnati? Cincinnati, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Well, uh, right now, uh, my pick is looking pretty good because I took the Jacksonville Jaguars covering the seven-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, still have the Bengals winning it, 27-21. Don't know how that's looking right now, considering Jacksonville's winning 14-0. to um, Trevor Lawrence has looked bad in his games, but, uh, from what I've seen, he's making throws that no one else in this class could make. He has a ton of arm strength, ton of arm talent. Um, I think his decision-making has been rather poor, but I think that's pretty common with rookie court quarterbacks. Uh, I think he, his poor performance has really been blown out of proportion and considering I'm not high on Cincinnati's defense. Uh, I really think this will be his best game. So far, that's looking like a good prediction. He is 7 for 10 right now. Uh, we'll see how that progresses throughout the game. Uh, James Robinson finally got more touches last week. I was super critical of Urban Meyer after week one. They finally start giving it to James Robinson, and they played some of the best football they've played this season. Uh, considering Carlos Hyde was a uh, surprising scratch uh, right before the game, James Robinson has gotten a lot of touches. He's had some good runs. Artie has a touchdown. Um, it really looks like he, Urban Meyer has started to evolve, and I really like to see that. I was super, super unhappy with the way he coached that first game against the Texans, but it uh, looks like things are starting to turn around for Jacksonville. Burrow has looked mobile, and that's something that's really surprised me, especially going into the season. I was really expecting Joe Burrow to be a shell of himself, shell of himself especially in the pocket. Um, I did not think that he would be able to move the way he is after that knee injury. But uh, he's proved me wrong. I have been very critical about the Bengals going into this season. And I, they, they're starting to look like they're going to prove me wrong, particularly Jamar Chase. Not giving up on my take yet. But um, Bengals have looked a lot better than I thought. I will say that. Uh, all in all, a seven and a half point spread is a little bit too big for me to take the Bengals here. Still think they are going to win, but uh, I have the Bengals winning 27-21 here. Very uh, similar rhetoric that I saw in this pick. Um, seven and a half, when you're talking about a Bengals team, who kudos to them for getting off to a good start. Shout out Cooper Lida, who we had last week. Uh, you know, we're always supporting the Bengals. We're a Bengals pod. But um, just because they're two and one doesn't mean – you know, doesn't mean that they're a great team. And Jacksonville is not particularly good, but seven and a half is a lot to give. 
to a Bengals team. And so I'm with you. I think the Bengals in general haven't looked bad. I think we've seen, you know, a great start from Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow's looked good. He's looked healthy. Um, and then on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence, he struggled. He's made some good plays. And I, I agree with you uh, against the Jesse Batesless uh, Cincinnati defense. I think that there's real opportunity. And it's already, he's already starting to prove it um, for him to take a step forward tonight. Um, and yeah, so I think overall, I like Cincinnati better, but I think that it'll be a close game. Um, and we'll see right now. I mean, 14 nothing Jacksonville, they're driving. I guess by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll already know what happened. But um, I have the Bengals winning 27-23. Um, so that's a Jacksonville cover. Uh, yep. Next up, moving on to Sunday, we have the Washington football team. Point and a half favorites on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. I am taking the football team spread here. Uh, I have them winning it 28 to 24. Their defense has looked pretty lackluster going into this season. Considering last season, their defense was awesome. They were, they were so good. They were pro, they were a very high caliber defense last year, one of the best in the league. They have really disappointed this year, especially considering they didn't really lose anyone major. Their front seven, particularly their front four, looks really strong. Chase Young still looks like a great edge rusher. Jonathan Allen on the interior. Uh, that pass rush looks great. This secondary does not look up to expectation. They are getting blown by. They are letting up a lot more offensive production than they should be. Um, but I don't think this is a huge issue because the Falcons offense is terrible, especially that offensive line. Matt Ryan has no time to throw. Mike Davis is getting shut down at the line of scrimmage. They can't create any kind of production with how bad their blocking is right now. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Falcons finished as the number one pick going into the draft next year. They, I, they really look like the worst team to me, them and the Giants. Um, Heineke looks like a legit quarterback. He is moving around in the pocket well. He's, his accuracy isn't fantastic, but um, it's, it's salvageable. Uh, he really loves to dive for that pylon. We've seen that through, through his short tenure here in Washington. Um, and I think he, he goes in into Atlanta and gets the win here, covering the spread. Uh, I am projecting a big game from both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson this week. Gibson has been pretty lackluster, uh, especially for fantasy owners of him. But considering uh, the Falcons' defense isn't really going to be stopping the run, I think Gibson has his biggest game of the season so far. Um, all in all, Washington wins it 28-24, covering their point-and-a-half spread. Yeah, I mean, I understand that Washington has not looked incredible to start this year, and I understand that they're playing on the road. But only being a point and a half, which is basically just a pick them in this game against an Atlanta Falcons team that, yeah, they won last week, but they have looked quite bad. Um, I, I feel like Vegas must know something that we don't because this this looks like I'd hammer Washington. I, would, I don't want to call anything a lock. I'm not I'm opposed to that because I think I'm often wrong with that. And I hate to be the one to call something a lock and it's not a lock. But look, I love football team here. They they played horrible last week, getting kind of embarrassed by the Bills. But I think that they can bounce back. I think that the defense you mentioned, and it's been a little lackluster, a lot of that being on the back half. Um, I think facing 
you know, poor offensive line in Atlanta, not a super mobile quarterback. They can feed off of the pass rush to allow them to have success defensively. And just in general, it's not, you have some talent on the offense. Sure. Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, you know, we we are worse quarterbacks than Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, but there's not, it's not super dynamic team from what we've seen so far. And then on the defensive side, there's just really not much of anything for Atlanta. And I think that really provides an opportunity for the likes of Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Taylor Heineke, he hasn't been perfect, but he's looked competent. Last week, not his finest game by any means, made some bad decisions. But in general, I he's proven, if nothing else, that Washington can win with him at quarterback. Does that mean that he is an incredible quarterback? No. Does that mean that he's sometimes making incredible plays while also sometimes making not incredible plays? Yes. Um, but I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Washington to bounce back, get back on track. Uh, and yeah, so I have football team winning this 28 to 17. Moving on, we have the Houston Texans against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 16 and a half point favorites. Um, I am not a fan of taking the over on spreads that are this big. However, I am going to make an exception for this week simply because Davis Mills plays quarterback for the Houston Texans right now. That guy is terrible. Uh, I think if Tyrod was playing right now, I would be taking, uh, I would be taking the Bills, or sorry, the Texans spread here. Because Davis Mills is the quarterback, I have the Bills winning a whopping 42 to 14. Um, Josh Allen has returned to his form. And that makes me really happy because he was my MVP pick this year. Uh, I, I was really, I was a little bit worried after that week one Steelers game because he did not look like himself, but I did say, I think this speaks more to the Steelers having a good defense than Josh Allen regressing. Looks like I've been right so far. And I really hope that take continues to, to look good. I think the bills are the best team in the AFC right now. PFF has them as the fifth best defense in the league. Trust PFF how you will, but I think they know a good defense from a bad defense. The Bills look really good. Uh, Tredavious White at cornerback. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, obviously. That safety duo between Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, really underrated. But their front four is really what has surprised people this year. That pass rush looks a lot better than people predicted. Uh, I think the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC right now. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this game just because I think – the Bills are going to absolutely destroy them. Like I said, 42 to 14, hammering that spread. Um, but I like Josh Allen too much, and I like I hate Davis Mills too much. So uh, Bills are winning 42 to 14 this game. I don't know what Davis Mills did to you. Like, he might not be that great, but it feels like this is some unnecessary hatred. Hey, I, I, I'm nothing, nothing against Davis Mills. I'm sure he's a good guy, but um, he is – he does not look like an NFL caliber quarterback. I will say that. To be fair, I don't think many guys would look like an NFL quarterback on that Texans team. That's, that's true. A that's, that's a conversation true. for another time. Yeah. Um, I generally agree with you that, especially in the NFL, 16 and a half points is a lot of points. And in most scenarios, I would opt to take the underdog. But the Buffalo Bills have looked so good. They're you know, and uh, kind of bit of an upset week one losing to the Steelers. They look back on track as much as I would could hope that they wouldn't. They've they've looked really good. 
and the Texans, not as much, especially without Tyrod at quarterback. I, you know, I don't hate Davis most like Jackson does, but he's not, not, not great at quarterback. I don't think he has what it takes to lead the Texans over the Bills. Uh, long story short, I think the Bills are just going to run over him. We saw what they did to him, you know, if nothing else, decent football team, uh, the Washington football team. They'll they'll have no issue with the Texans. I have them winning 38-16. Next, the Detroit Lions field goal underdogs against the Chicago Bears. So those of you who listened to the week two podcast probably remember that I was very rarely taking the underdog spread. Uh, this is a different week, and I'm really regressing from that trend. I have the Lions winning this one, 30-28, to 28, uh, covering that three-point underdog spread. Justin Fields was getting thrown around by Cleveland last game. Granted, they have a good defense. Their defense is pretty underrated. But 60, what was it, 60 yards of, of total offense? That's pitiful. Justin Fields had 68 passing yards and their total losses on sacks was 67. They had one yard generated from the passing game that that's unheard of. And um, I was high on Justin Fields. I think he has the best career out of any quarterback out of this class. Say what you want about um, Trevor Lawrence, but that's a conversation for later. I think I overrated his pocket presence a little bit because granted, uh, the Bears offensive line is pretty terrible and the Browns have a good defensive line, but you should not be getting thrown around that much without taking a little bit of blame. Granted first career start. I think he'll improve. I'm still really high on him. He reminds me of Russell Wilson, but man, it's, it's really hard for me to take, to take the bears here after a performance like that. Uh, I don't think the Lions defensive line is that good of a caliber, obviously, but I think they're a little bit underrated. I think Romeo Quar is good. Uh, I, I really think that the Lions show Justin Fields uh, something a little bit similar to what the Browns did. Um, not a lot to talk about here other than the Bears are going to put up 28 points despite uh, so some shaky offensive line play and maybe Justin Fields getting thrown around a little bit more, but uh, Lions are getting the upset win here. Yeah. Um, go Lions, I guess. Um, I like the Lions. Lions are okay. Um, this game, I came very, very close to taking the Lions. So I have them covering this three-point spread, but I'm taking the Bears outright. Um, I think you outlined a lot of really great points as to why it makes sense the Lions can win. The Chicago Bears looked horrible with Justin Fields and at quarterback, just not functioning. Um, that stat about, what was it, one yard of offense gained from the passing game after you factored in stats, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Because it was is passing yards minus how many yards they lost off sacks. They only gained one yard from the passing game. Yeah, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And the main thing to me is that this doesn't mean that they're going to take a huge step forward, but that's almost impossible to repeat. I think that they can improve. I think a game under his belt, um, if Fields is the guy, um, I don't know. Have they said anything about – is Andy Dalton practicing? Um, 
I'm not exactly sure. I've not looked at their uh, practice report, but uh, I think right now it's looking like Fields is going to play again. But uh, what they have said is that if Dalton is healthy, he will be started. So we'll see. I don't think that necessarily even changes my prediction that much. But in general, I, I don't really foresee the Bears offense getting worse than what it was last week with how they just could not move the ball. And lucky for them, they play a Lions defense that I think it's a little underrated. I, I think it's not horrific, but I think one guy that you could see really pick it up is Allen Robinson. Um, you know, no, there really isn't an ideal guy to be covering him. He hasn't been off to the hottest of starts. I think he can have a big game. I think that there's going to be opportunities for possibly big play from the likes of David Montgomery. Um, I think that the Lions are going to be able to compete. We've seen Jared Goff have some competent drives. Uh, we know the talent that DeAndre Swift has. We know uh, TJ Hawkinson. He's just quickly establishing himself as one of the best tight ends in football. So I think the Lions can compete in this, but in the end, in the crunch time, it's it's an interesting matchup. It's, you know, the Bears and Matt Nagy or, you know, a Lions team that is generally not great and often seems to be cursed. And in the end, I'm going to take the Bears just eking out a win, and uh, I have Chicago winning 24-23. to 23. Um, Next, Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I have the Panthers not only covering that four and a half spread, but winning 31 to 27. This might come as a shocker for some people, but I think the Panthers are legit this year. Their defense looks awesome. This, this defense has played so well through these first three weeks. Brian Burns, I think I would call the most underrated player in the league right now. He looks like an all pro caliber edge rusher. He, he is absolutely dominating opposing teams offensive lines uh the Panthers secondary has looked really good as well JC Horn was playing really well but uh that bad injury he looks like he might even be out for the rest of the year they just went and got CJ Henderson don't know if he'll be playing this game but I really think this is a good addition for this young defense with a big future um the Panthers offense isn't wonderful but it really doesn't matter when you're playing against the Cowboys defense they have been they were obviously historically terrible last year. Haven't really lived up to any kind of hype this year. Uh, Cowboys just don't have a good defense. Uh, Jeremy's favorite player, Trevon Diggs, had three interceptions last week. Uh, he looks out. He looks like a breakout candidate this year, which I predicted. So a little bit of a victory lap there. Uh, I know Jeremy is super high on him. He he loves Trevon Diggs from his time at Alabama. Um, but I, I think one thing to look for this game is how is Chubba going to fill Christian McCaffrey's role? Because Christian McCaffrey has, I've been kind of critical of him uh, because I think a lot of the reason why he's so successful is such a massive volume. And I think how, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how much volume are Chubba and Royce Freeman going to get in McCaffrey's place, because it really looks like, this offense sort of is fueled by the running back position. Uh, Darnold hasn't looked wonderful. I, I think his, his stat sheet is a little bit over glorifying his play right now. Um, I, I, I have faith in Chuba. I think this Panthers offense is still going to be rolling, especially against Dallas. 
Uh, I know Dallas's offense has looked really good, especially Dak Prescott. But uh, I think the Panthers are going to win this one, go into Dallas and win, prove their contenders, starting off 4-0. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this defense is going to accomplish for the rest of the year. Panthers are winning 31-27. to Um, This is... This is one point where we disagree a little more. I have the Dallas Cowboys. Carolina Panthers, look, you got to give them credit. You can only play the teams on your schedule. And they've played good. They're 3-0. And that that's as good as you can be. They've looked generally good. Sam Darnold's been competent. Which, by the way, I'm so happy to see him having success. Regardless of, you know, what exactly that means. I'm The guy looks happier. The guy's having more success than he did in New York. And for that, I'm genuinely happy for him that he's getting that opportunity. Um, losing Christian McCaffrey is brutal. Losing J.C. Horn, pretty brutal as well. Obviously, um, you have Chuba Hubbard, the former Oklahoma State running back, who at one point really looked like he was a superstar, right? You know, a lot of people gave him that Heisman hype, and that Oklahoma State team just kind of couldn't live up to it. But there's a reason he's on the NFL roster. There's a reason that he's going to fill in uh, for Christian McCaffrey. I think that he can be pretty good as a runner, pretty good as a pass catcher, fill in. But I think that Carolina is going to lose a little bit when you don't have McCaffrey. I think that Sam Darnold, it's a, super important um, having those checkdowns to be able to, you know, just move the ball along, not turn the ball over. That's the thing for Sam. Sam sometimes plays some hero ball, a guy like McCaffrey, um, using tight ends. Those are important parts of not turning the ball over and Sam's success. Uh, speaking of tight ends, after the trade of Dan Arnold, um, I'd look for, I believe, third-round pick this year, Tommy Tremble to step up and get some targets at tight end uh, for Carolina. Overall, I think Carolina's offense, its they're not going to be – horrible without McCaffrey, but I think they take a little step back and they're playing a not incredible Cowboys defense, but it's not, it's not, it's been slightly better than what they were last year, which was historically awful. And then Cowboys offense has looked very, very good. And, you know, it's hard for me when I watch the Cowboys because I have specific rooting interest because on so many fantasy football teams, I have different combinations of Cowboys players and so I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, look, you went to Ohio State, so I didn't like you to begin with, but I was not very happy with you on last Monday night, and I'm sorry if I said anything that offended you. But um, Cowboys offense has been really good, and they can beat you. Um, they can beat you throwing the ball. You have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. How about those tight ends playing great? Um, Dak looks fully healthy and playing great. And then running the ball, you got the duo of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard hasn't quite seized the top back role yet, but as me and Jackson both kind of hinted at, he's super good. And, you know, Zeke looked good on Monday night, but in general, Pollard just has more burst and I think is the better player right now. So um, there's that. Their offense just looked really good. And I think when it comes down to it, Obviously, I there's I think there's a big coaching advantage that goes to Carolina because I think a lot of the Cowboys' success is in spite of Mike McCarthy um, versus Matt Rule, I think, is one of the best coaches in football as well as offensive coordinator Joe Brady. 
Uh, with all that being said, though, I like the Cowboys offense to be explosive, um, be able to, you know, win early, stay on top. Um, Sam, we haven't really seen Sam Darnold play from behind. So I think Cowboys get an early lead, Megan play from behind, possibly force a turnover. But definitely the big thing to look for in this game is um, how Chuba Hubbard plays and what, how the offense responds to the loss of Christian McCaffrey. All in all, I have the Cowboys winning thirty to twenty. Um, next, Jeremy, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna address the the Trevon Diggs breakout season. Absolutely not. We're on to our next topic. <laughs> There's no chance. Um, Indianapolis Colts two point underdogs against the Miami Dolphins. Um, another underdog I'm taking here. Uh, Colts covering and winning twenty one to eighteen. I do not understand why the Dolphins are favorited with Jacoby Brissett behind the center. I, he wasn't productive in Indianapolis, and he hasn't been productive since he's come to Miami. Uh, he, he's no better than, than Tua, and I'm, I'm pretty low on Tua, as, as Tua fans go. But um, I, I really don't understand why the Dolphins would be favorited here. Um, Wentz has – he hasn't looked – great but he has not looked as atrocious as a lot of people thought that he was going to be i heard people saying that that he is a downgrade from philip rivers that does not look like it is the case he uh he he hasn't been able to extend the field that much but the offense is it's it's moving and i they didn't really have a lot of that last year uh i think i think Wentz looks better than philip rivers um this Dolphins offensive line is going to get destroyed. I think DeForest Buckner, second best interior lineman in the league behind Aaron Donald, uh, they're going to get destroyed by Buckner and company. They, they, especially their interior offensive line has, has not looked good. Miles Gaskin is getting hammered at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think I really see this as – the Colts defense is going to go out, go into Miami and do some really good work. Um, on other notes with the Colts, Marlon Mack and the Colts are both actively seeking a trade right now. And my thoughts on this are what took them so long? Because uh, I, I predicted he, that he was going to get traded to the Rams before the season started. It was before the Rams went out and got Sonny Michelle. Um, but after Henderson went down, or sorry, sorry, not Henderson, Akers went down. Um, I don't really know. I would not be surprised if he ends up in, in Miami. I think Gaskin has not been the, the sleeper that a lot of people thought that he was going to be. Uh, this offense does, does not look very explosive, and I would not be surprised if they spent a, a day three draft pick on, on Marlon Mack. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this game. Um, but the Colts, there's another upset win that I'm predicting here. Colts are covering and winning 21 to 18. Yeah, I mean, I know that the Dolphins managed to muster overtime in their loss last week, but I really, I don't know why they're two point favorites. I get the Colts at our own three haven't been great, particularly, but me and you are on the same page here. I think the Colts front seven is going to dominate, absolutely dominate. Um, the Dolphins, because that offensive line is pretty, pretty bad. There's a reason that this team cannot run the ball. That won't be changing on Sunday. Um, 
And I think that Jacoby Brissett, they're just going to make his life challenging. I think they're going to be able to get home pass rush-wise. I think that the Colts defense in general is not going to give him too many free opportunities. Um, And I just – I don't see great things for this offense this week. And I think just moving forward, I don't – when you have this horrible of an offensive line, it's really hard to play great football. Um, But that's – you know, that's a story for when we have – a healthy two and a couple other things. But mainly the Colts, look, they haven't started off great, but I think that Wentz and Co. can get enough done. Just in general, Wentz, he hasn't looked horrible, um, hasn't played incredible, but he also hasn't been the Wentz that we saw last year. Of course, you have second-year running back Jonathan Taylor. They've had a bunch of receivers, you know, kind of trying to establish themselves. Obviously, Zach Pascal, Uh, second year wide receiver, Michael Pittman, the offense, I think they're going to be able to pick up a little bit of rhythm. Uh, Miami also is a solid defense. I just think in general, the Colts offense is going to be able to move it a little easier. Uh, So I have the Colts winning, which is weirdly an upset. I don't, I don't get how they're two point favorites with Brissette playing. If I'm being honest, Um, 20 to 17 Colts. And I think that's probably being generous to the Miami offense. Uh, Next, Cleveland Browns versus the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, two-point home underdogs. Uh, I'm taking the Browns spread here. I'm covering that that two-point spread. Uh, I have them winning 34 to 24. The Vikings secondary looks really weak. There's a play going around right now. Uh, Last game against Seattle, uh, it was one of the first plays of the game, if not the first play of the game. Where, where DK runs a little out route, runs like two steps out. Their, their corner, I don't remember which cornerback it was, uh, came up to cover, uh, took the inside of the field, and it looked like this guy got tranked. Like it, he created so much separation. Granted, DK Metcalf's hard to guard, but anytime I see a play where a wide receiver is getting five plus yards of separation, I, there has to be blame put on the cornerback there. Vikings offense. They, they look good, especially Kirk Cousins, but they have not played the greatest of defenses. They've played uh, Arizona, who have a good front seven, uh, but their secondary is a little bit overrated. The Titans aren't anything special on the defensive side of the ball, and Seattle has looked like an absolute disaster on defense. I'll get into that a little bit more uh, later in the episode, but the Browns are definitely going to be the best defense that they've played this far so far uh, at this point in the season, and it's not relatively close. I think they have a really underrated defense. Miles Garrett, I think, is the leading candidate for defensive player of the year so far. Uh, JOK looked really good in his uh, one of his, it was last week. Uh, he looked really good against the run, went in and got a sack. Uh, the secondary is looking good. Greg Newsom looks like a promising pick. Denzel Ward is Denzel Ward. This Browns defense is, is really good. Um, the Vikings also have not been great at stopping the run. And when you play the two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, and you can't stop the run, you're not going to win that football game. It's that simple. This is the best running back tandem in the league. Uh, not relatively close either. But, um, yeah, I have the Browns winning by 10. Uh, I, I really do not see uh, the Vikings coming through with this one. Uh Oh, dang it. Sorry, I was watching the game. I thought I thought Tyler Boyd just scored for us. But no, um, tight end. I know. Yeah. Ozuma, dang it. But um, all in all, 
Vikings are going to drop to one and three. Uh, I think they're going to be one of the best, if not the best one and three team in the league, but Browns are going to cover and win. Yeah. Um, uh, we've most, a lot of the time we're very much in sync and this is an example of it. I think that the Browns are going to be absolutely dominant running the ball. This is like the anti what we were just talking about in the Colts and Dolphins game. I think offensively, they're going to physically impose their will um, and just be able to run it down their throats when you have the duo of uh, Chubb and Hunt. And I think even you're going to see some play actions from Baker Mayfield. They're stacking the box, get some easy throws off. Um, Minnesota won last week and we saw a great game from Alexander Madison. Um, Dalvin Cook should be back, but I think in general, you know, it will make, not that this is that important to this week's game, but I think in general, it will be nice if they cycled in a little more Alexander Madison, keep Dalvin fresh when you have, when Madison's shown to be successful, but that's again, kind of off topic. Just staying on Madison though. Madison is a former Boise state running back, correct? Oh yes. He was, uh, he was one of the best Boise state running backs. He, uh, I think if I'm not wrong, he followed up, uh, Jay An absolute bluegrass legend. I oh, just, yeah. I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, I knew he was a Boise state guy. Um, and yeah, Kirk cousins, uh, hasn't looked bad at all. You know, he's been fine. We've seen Justin Jefferson look really good. You know what you get with Adam Thielen. Um, the offense overall, they're guys, but I think mainly the defense is going to struggle against the run, and that's what's going to hold them back. I have the Browns winning 31-21. Next game, the New York Giants head to New Orleans. To, or Is that game actually in New Orleans? I, I didn't even think. When I say when I say those things, I always mess uh, up. Especially I'm not football. sure. There were a bunch of neutral site games last week. Yeah. I it, so I kept saying at as if they weren't neutral site games. Yeah, I know Saints are technically the home team here. I'm not exactly sure if this is being played in New Orleans yet. Caesars Superdome, is that what it's called now? Are they? Uh, yeah, oh, and, and their stadium also just caught on fire. I don't know if you saw that video, but there was like a bunch of smoke and fire coming from the top of their dust. So I think under the circumstances, we can assume that it will not be played in New Orleans. It says that it's being played in New Orleans, but oh, I, I don't never know. Never mind. That's not really that applicable to what we're doing. Yeah. Right um, Saints, um, seven and a half point favorites. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, I have the Giants covering. Uh, Saints still winning 27 to 21, excuse me. Um, I get a headache when I start to think about how I feel about this Saints team. They're so wildly inconsistent. They go in and absolutely destroy Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the Green Bay Packers. They looked really bad against Carolina, who, like I said earlier, I'm pretty high on. But then they, they look good again last week. I have no idea how to feel about them. Granted, they are playing the Giants, but when it comes to a spread like this, it, it's really close. I have that's, that's why I played it super close to the end of the spread. Uh, Giants still covering. But um, Alvin Kamara especially last week, looks like he's going to get that, that big volume that I predicted. Uh, this passing game looked really good in that first week, but I, it's looked shaky uh, week two and three. And so I think 
they're starting to game plan. Okay, we need to give it to our star. And that's kind of what I was thinking that they were going to do out of the gates. But it looks like it's starting to happen now. Uh, I think Jameis Winston has looked disappointing. I think his his week one performance was was a little overrated. He didn't really throw the ball that much. He only had, what, 150 – or sorry, 150 passing yards, I believe. He had five touchdowns, but I, I don't know. I didn't think he looked as good as a lot of people did. And uh, that clearly showed week two and three. So I, I think Jameis is kind of looking like – more like 2019 Jameis – uh, looking less like a first overall pick. I think the Giants have a really good front seven here and consider not a really good front seven, a pretty good front seven. And considering how heavily the Saints team looks like it needs to rely on Alvin Kamara as kind of a crutch to get that offense moving. Uh, that's why I have the Giants covering. Uh, they have plenty of other issues, which is why they're not winning here. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks like he is back. He He hasn't been a very efficient runner, but he was money in the receiving game. He, I, I think this week or maybe even one of the coming weeks, he's going to have a breakout game. I was really high on Saquon going into the season. Um, I think it is hilarious how much of a bust that Kadarius Tony is. I don't know if the, the stat still stands, but I know through two weeks that uh, both Jeremy and I both had more receiving yards than Kadarius Tony. He had two That's catches rare. for negative two yards. Um, I can check and see later if that still stands, but he has not been used at all in this Giants offense. Uh, they had two receivers go down. I think it was Slayton and Shepard, if I'm not wrong. Um, they Obviously, they have Galladay as their number one guy, but... <laughs> Instead of their number two guy being their first round pick, it was this this receiver that they just picked up off the waiver wire. I didn't even remember his name. Yeah, it's, I know who you're talking about. It is comical how how little Kadarius Tony is being used, and um, considering we've seen so little of him, uh, I'm not going to write it off as a talent issue as much as I really do not trust this this Giants coaching staff and front office to make educated decisions with their football team. But uh, it, it's he, he looks like right now the, the front runner for the, the Isaiah Wilson, who last year was the, the Titans first round pick, played three snaps and immediately demanded a trade. Um, he, he's been complaining all over to the media how little he's been used. He looks like this year's Isaiah Wilson. Um, all in all, Saints are going to win by six, but the Giants are going to cover the spread. Talk about really being on the same page here, Jackson. Um, and I did confirm it. This game is being played in New Orleans. It is being dubbed the Dome Coming. Great name. <laughs> That's that. it. That is a great name. That's I love that. That's very awesome. And, <laughs> you know, coming home, maybe we'll figure out what exactly the Saints are. They absolutely trounced the Packers. I had them winning that game, by the way. That's one of my best picks of the year, and that'll stand. Um, then they got kind of tossed around by the Panthers. Then they, you know, imposed their will on new, or I was about to say new Orleans. They are new Orleans, new England, um, made Mac Jones look like the rookie that he is. And now they play a giants team. That's been on three. Um, they played close games with, uh, Washington and Atlanta, but they just haven't looked good offensively. It hasn't even been as somewhat, as someone who's not a fan of Daniel Jones, it hasn't been because Daniel Jones has been horrific. 
he's been fine. He's like, I don't, he hasn't been incredible, but he's not the reason that they're having failure. They're just not, it's a number of things. It starts off with Saquon looked like he got it going last week. If he's healthy, um, finding his rhythm, that's very important to help. But the offensive line just is still not good. And then you look at the receivers. Um, I believe this is him, Colin Johnson. Is that? Or is it that C- sounds right? Are you are you talking yeah. about the receiver from? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's him. Texas. Um, but then you just the receivers. We've seen too many drops. Um, if you remember the drop against Washington, Jones threw a pretty nice ball. I don't remember. Was it Slayton that dropped it? Uh, yes. Sounds yeah, like it me. was Slayton. It was. Slayton. Um, I also regret to inform you, Canarius Tony had two catches for sixteen yards, and so we oh, have more than he him. broke our record. But in general, they're just Daniel Jones is doing eh, whatever. He's been fine, and they're they're just not receivers aren't playing incredible. Uh, Kenny Galladay through three games has eleven catches for one hundred sixty six yards. Um, just eh, very very, and really all of it originates from the offensive line not doing its job and so when you kind of put all that together and again Saquon looking healthy um, and getting some of his burst bags going to be important but I think people forget that even with the healthy Saquon there were some games where he just couldn't do anything because as a running back it's very hard to be successful behind a not good offensive line um so the giants there's a reason they're 0 and three playing close with washington was one thing they shouldn't be playing close with atlanta atlanta's not a good football team to only score 14 on that defense is pretty pretty bad um the saints Jameis has been a little disappointing i expected a little more but it's also it's all relative what i don't think they want Jameis to be throwing it an incredible amount i think they want to lean on alvin kamari had 24 carries last week um three catches I think we could even see him get some more volume in the past game sooner um but lean on Alvin Kamara he's a dynamic guy it's hard even if you game plan for him to stop it's very similar to Christian McCaffrey obviously they have pretty similar skill sets but um I New Orleans in general I think they have the upper hand the Giants defense isn't bad um I don't think you know this is going to be a blowout especially because we don't, you know, the Saints are so inconsistent. But I do have the Saints winning. It, they'll keep it within a touchdown, so that's less than the seven and a half. I have the Saints winning 27-20. Dome coming, baby. Um, next, the Tennessee Titans are a touchdown favorite on the road against your New York Jets. Now, call me crazy, but uh, the Jets are going to cover this spread here. Uh, they Titans are going to win 26, 20, but I I think a lot of people would be taking the Titans to absolutely blow them out, but I just don't see it happening this week. Zach Wilson's look, actually, let me take that back. The entire jets offense has looked really bad. Zach Wilson included, but they have faced some really good defenses. They've played the Panthers who are PFF second ranked defense. I've talked about how good their defense is. The Patriots, who I think their defense is really underrated, and they are famous for how they treat rookie quarterbacks. And the Denver Broncos, my opinion, the best defense in the league. Um, Titans are a clear step down from 
all three of those teams, they don't fit that bill at all. Their secondaries look weak, front seven, very mid. The, their defense is – I think the Jets have definitely the best offensive production that they've seen so far this year. Uh, their defense isn't great by any means, but I think it's underrated. Um, I think they've been able to, to keep up a little bit. I, I know they, they the Panthers' offense isn't great, but they held them to, what, 16 points? Um, I think I, – I really think this defense gets a little bit too much shade, along with the fact that both A.J. Brown and Julio look like they're not going to play. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry is going to get a huge workload. I bet he has a great game, similar to what he did in Seattle. But I, who is Tannehill going to throw to here? I, I don't they, – they don't really have any other great options. I guess they got JoJo Natson, but they, they don't have any other great options on their team. Or sorry, not JoJo Natson, um, Josh Reynolds. Uh, for the Jets, Michael Carter is finally getting that start at the running back spot. Uh, Jeremy and I have both been pretty high on him, especially Jeremy going into the season – uh, if I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure he was your AFC East uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I believe so, yes. Um, we've both been high on Michael Carter. He hasn't been crazy efficient through three games, but once again, going against really good defenses. Now that Tevin Coleman is down, uh, I think this is going to be the Michael Carter breakout game. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does in this game. Uh, to sum this up, the Jets are due. Uh, and everything right now seems to be pointing in their direction. I don't think they're going to win because this Titans offense is too good, but they are going to cover the spread. Yeah, I mean, there's really a path forward for the Jets to cover this game. Heck, even outright win if they're, you know, if it wasn't the Jets, just because of the matchup, the way that, Look, when you're playing without your top two wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, which you alluded to, looks like both of them likely will not be playing. That's super challenging. And I, I there aren't that many guys for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. And when you get to that point, the game plan is pretty simple. It's pretty simple anyways. You go all out to stack the box and stop Derrick Henry. Make Ryan Tannehill beat you. And it's not that simple because the Jets are going to stack the box. And Derrick Henry's still going to have a very good game. Um, but the Jets' defense is, is solid. Pretty talented defensive line, even after losing some guys. Linebackers, C.J. Mosley in general. Um, he's had some interesting PFF grades, but when you watch him play, especially surrounded by a lot of young guys, and after not really having played the last two years, he's looked pretty solid. And then the Jets' corners. I mean, look, you're not going to find a more unheralded group. You got late-round picks, undrafted guys. Um, for all my love of Michael Carter, the running back, Michael Carter the second, the cornerback, has been incredible. He's been statistically one of the best slot corners in football to start the year. And do I think that's sustainable throughout the year? No. But I think it's a super encouraging sign that shows um, – the Robert Sala effect on the defense and some good scouting um, and drafting by Joe Douglas. Uh, so I think what the Jets need to do defensively, it's pretty clear. You go all out to stop Derrick Henry, neutralize him, make Ryan Tannehill beat you. But it's a lot easier to say that than to do that. Um, and then on the offensive side, this is going to be the softest defense that the Jets have played thus far. 
because for all the struggles of this offense, Zach Wilson hasn't looked good. Offensive line has looked pretty good, especially after you lose Mekhi Becton. Um, running backs haven't really had much success. Receivers have been dropping balls. But the, a big thing is you're likely going to get Jamison Crowder back, who I think people don't realize how big of an effect he has. Um, and then you get to play a less ferocious defense. I think the Jets are going to have a little more success. Do I think that means they're going to have a great offensive game? No. Um, but overall, I think this can be a relatively competitive game, but I I tend to think that Derrick Henry and Co. are going to be able to pull away. Um, I'm already at the point where I'm not really giving the Jets an opportunity to disappoint me. So I have the Titans winning 24-13, covering that spread, which goes against a lot of what I was just saying about the path forward to the Jets. But really, any sort of rhetoric before a game goes out the window with the Jets, because you really never know. So, yeah. Um, next game, we have Kansas City, a touchdown favorite on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. I have Kansas City covering, uh, winning 42-28. to 28. Uh, As you could probably tell by the score, this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Both of, the, both of these defenses have appeared rather weak. And obviously, these offenses are really high-powered. Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts really bursting onto the scene this year. Um, He had a bad game against Dallas last week, and I think that's been his floor so far this season. But even then, he had 330 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and, and a lot of people need to accept that. He has looked so good, especially his first two weeks. Didn't look great against Dallas, but... He still statistically had a really good game. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, I, I no longer think of him as a quality running back. He's, he's slow. He's small, can't break tackles. He isn't really that elusive. Isn't doing much out of the receiving game. That fumble against the Ravens was critical to them losing that game. Um, I, I'm not high on him at all. Patrick Mahomes has not looked like Patrick Mahomes since uh, since the start of this season. He his PFF grade is up there with you know Tyrod Taylor and Sam Darnold, and I'm not saying he's in that caliber. But once again, I think PFF knows good play from bad play. I just think their rankings are off. Um, however, to his credit, I think his defenses that he's played have been pretty good. Uh, oh, Joe Burrow just rushed for a touchdown. Uh, that, should, that should tie the game, just so you know. But um, let's see. They played the Ravens in week two. Chargers defense looked really strong week three. Who did the Chiefs play in week one, Jeremy? They opened with – who did they open with? Um, right, I can – They beat – who did they beat? Fake football fan I am. Um, yeah, say, I'm – same here. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Browns, 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 Browns. That's right. That's right. Um, I think the Browns are a good defense. Uh, Ravens, obviously, good defense. Uh, this is going to be the worst defense they've played. They Eagles defense has looked better than expectation, but uh, definitely not great by any means. Uh, the Chiefs are due. Uh, they're the best one and two team in the league, and they're going to get a win here. And some news on the Chiefs. They went just went and signed Josh Gordon. He's not going to play yet, but I think this is going to make a bigger impact than, than some people think. I know some people think this is just some stupid panic signing, but um, that's not true because 
the Chiefs receivers are all kind of the same person with just some being a little bit better better than others. They're just small, quick, deep route runners, um, except Tyreek Hill has that contested catch ability. Uh, Josh Gordon adds a little bit of variety to that wide receiver core. They needed, they kind of needed a number two wide receiver that's not named Tyree Kill for a while. Travis Kelsey's obviously really good, but if he goes down this offense, either him or Hill or Mahomes obviously goes down, this offense looks nowhere near as good as uh, we expect it to be. I think Josh Gordon really adds that uh, wide receiver two factor. But yep, Chiefs are winning here. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think if nothing else, even if Gordon doesn't come through, I think what you outlined, it's worth that opportunity to build up some wide receiver depth. Um, and I, I think if it plays out to its best of ability, it makes a lethal offense even better. Um, this matchup, Eagles, not, not a great team. I think Jalen Hurts, um, as big of a Jalen Hurts, just general fan as you'll find, I think he's an incredible guy, um, super hard worker. He, he, looked, he looked pretty bad against uh, Dallas, although he, he had some pretty good moments the first two weeks in the same vein, so you got to take that for what it is. Um, so I think you got to look. And the thing about Jalen Hurts, too, is this is all under with it being pretty clear that they don't think he's the guy. Um, you know, cause they're, there's despite the allegations, they're still interested in Deshaun Watson, you know, they didn't make any significant ads, but yet they somehow had invested a second round pick in him. This totally off topic to this specific game, but Jalen hurts. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back against, you know, not, not an elite chiefs defense by any means. Um, but mainly I think that the chiefs offense is going to find their rhythm um pat mahomes he hasn't looked incredible i think that playing a philly defense they're gonna be able to find their rhythm a little bit oh you know i think they're gonna want to give Clyde edward lair some opportunities but not not too much they want him to refine what made him a first round pick which no running back should ever be a first round pick but um he was really good at lsu had some good moments but he just hasn't looked the part of a lead NFL running back recently. So it'll be interesting to see that overall. I think the Chiefs handle this one uh, 37-23. Uh, next game, your Seattle Seahawks, yours and Jackson Powers. This isn't, you know, they're not the podcast team. Uh, two and a half point underdogs against San Francisco. Well, uh, I have the Niners covering them winning 20 to 24 as much as I hate to say it. Uh, I have lost all faith in Seattle's defense. It looks horrible, uh, particularly stemming from the secondary, particularly stemming from Trey Flowers. He looks like the worst starting cornerback in the league. Uh, against Minnesota, all seven of his targets were completions. He leads the league in both snaps and passer rating allowed. Don't know how you do that, but uh, that says exactly what you need to hear about Seattle's defense. Their offense has been really efficient. They're scoring on a lot of their drives, but they're just not getting very many drives because this defense, the, the team is dead last in the league in, in time of possession at 23 minutes. That's pitiful. This defense cannot stay off the field and the offense is not getting the opportunity to score. That's uh, obviously an offense with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, you name it is going to be a good offense. But with, if you don't put them on the field, they can't score. 
It's simple as that. And I think if Seattle loses this game, they're going to be, I would consider them a bottom 10 team. Um, their defense is dead last in yards allowed, and they're only bottom half in points allowed because the drives that they're allowing are so long and eat so much clock that the offense doesn't have any time to, to cook. Um, now with the Niners, they're, they're a really weird team. Them and the Saints. Brandon Ayuk's disappearance, uh, Elijah Mitchell starting over Trey Sermon, and they're just randomly throwing Trey Lance in and out of the game for one, two reps. Uh, they're they're a weird team, and I think a lot of that is because they really like to to throw some misdirection at whatever opponent they're playing. Um, but I, I they're, they're still a good team. Their defense is still really good. Uh, I know Jason Verrett went down. Uh, he he's in my opinion just outside of the top ten as it goes for cornerbacks. But this defense still looks really strong. I mean, Nick Bosa, Jimmy Ward's really underrated. Fred Warner is obviously really good. I think Dre Lee, excuse me, Dre Greenlaw's a good linebacker. Um, this defense is still really good. Uh, Josh Norman somehow bruised both of his lungs. And I don't know how he did that. But um, he, he, was, he was playing pretty well for this Niners secondary since they've got him. Uh, he's hopeful to to play this game. I don't know how he would with two bruised lungs, but that that's one of the one of the weirder football injuries we've heard so far. Um, to summarize, Niners are going to both win and cover, and Seattle will lose and look like a bottom ten team. Well, this is funny. Um, Jackson took my team. Well, at least covering Jets cover is kind of a win, you know. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks, and I'm just having them cover. I'm having them win. Um, San Francisco's a weird team. I have no questions, you know, in general about the defense for them. Defense is good. They're going to make plays. And the offense, it's just weird. Um, And they're going up against not the best Seattle defense. Jackson could probably elaborate on every little aspect of the Seahawks forever, but we, me and Jackson could do like five hour long podcasts if we really wanted to. Like it's, I think the way that we condense, it's like impressive for the amount of things that we think of as we're just talking. Um, just want to put that out there. I think, um, I think if we, we could really do well if we made a, a Seahawks jets combo podcast, honestly, like if there's a situation where like we were able to do like a, like a live stream, like, you know how like people do like <laughs> yeah. charity yeah. live streams and you go for a certain uh-huh. amount of time, like Jackson, I would have on for the bulk of it. Cause we can kind of just go on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when we get to that, Jackson, my people will call your people. Um, long story <laughs> short, the Seahawks offense hasn't been the issue. They've in general looked pretty good. Russ has been doing his thing. He hasn't quite been the usual early season Russ where it feels like he's thrown for 600 yards and six touchdowns and he's going to win MVP. And then he goes down a little bit, but he's been solid, done his job. Chris Carson getting it done. Obviously Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, as good of a wide receiver duo as you're going to find in the NFL. So I have no concerns about the Seahawks scoring, um, but the defense just hasn't been there. Um, Can they do enough to hold off a 49ers offense that's, just kind of weird. Jimmy Garoppolo has been, eh, you know, what you kind of expect from Jimmy G is not great. Um, 
obviously banged up running back wise or he mustered out for the year, but you have Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. We'll see how they use Trey Sermon. They have plenty of weapons at their disposal in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuku. It's really a mystery what's happening with him. I love the guy, but um, very confusing. Obviously, George Kittle. So I think this will be a bit of a high-scoring affair, but I do have the Seattle Seahawks pulling it out. 34-30. Go, Birds. Go, Jackson. Go, Birds. Let's go. go. Birds. Um. Another great NFC West matchup, best division in football. Um, might be the best division in overall sports. Um, it's up there with the – the NOS is pretty good in terms of two 100-win teams, but we'll, we'll see at the end of the year. Um, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams. Rams are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Rams are going to win, but the Cardinals are going to cover. I think the Rams are going to win 34-31. to 31. This one's a tough one to predict because – both of these teams have super good offenses, particularly the Rams. Um, I think both quarterbacks right now are the top two in terms of current MVP favorite. Do with that what you will, considering we're only three weeks into the season. But I think these have been the two best players through the season, Stafford and, and Kyler Murray. Um, so this is going to be a great game. You know, two undefeated teams. Uh, to the two MVP favorites, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, my bull take for this game, I think Rondale Moore is going to have one of the best games of, of his season. He played really well against the Vikings. Vikings don't have a great secondary. And I kind of assume Jalen Ramsey will be shadowing DeAndre Hop. Excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins a little bit. And Rondale Moore looks like that second option with a ton of upside. The, the Rams secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey is really not that special. I bet Rondale Moore torches that defense. Uh, I think Daryl Henderson is going to be back this week. Uh, if not, it'll be Sony Michelle leading that backfield. He hasn't looked exceptionally productive. Uh, Daryl Henderson has, has looked really good when he's there. Uh, he hasn't been a huge factor out of the receiving game, but he's been efficient. He's been a good runner, good goal line back. Uh, Henderson looks like looks like their guy, despite what a lot of people thought when they went out and got Sony Michelle. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to continue to reign terror amongst opposing defenses. He is clearly Matt Stafford's favorite target, and uh, like I said earlier, I think this Cardinals secondary is is super overrated. Uh, I do not think they're special at all. Uh, I do not think Buda Baker is nearly as good of a safety as a lot of other people do, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, I think this will be the game of the week. Uh, like I said, absolute definition of a shootout Rams win 34 to 31. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was on the tip of my tongue that I wanted to wait for you to conclude and say is, you know, who never wavered in their faith of Daryl Henderson, me, Jeremy Schneider, never wavered. Took him <laughs> ridiculously high in fantasy football and you know when he was healthy he played pretty well in week two i started him he played good so you know i'm awesome i, I remember when when you took him i was like you reached on him so high they went and got Sody michelle they wouldn't have got him if harold henderson was going to be the lead back but clearly i was wrong i knew something i know a Nobody guy in the during the, me, me me and mcveigh are pals we we, we play tennis yeah you? very um, very similar uh 
similar football knowledge between you and Sean. McVay. Exactly. We're, we're often compared. Um, <laughs> the Rams have looked like the best team in football thus far. And I don't think it's particularly close. Um, really good wins the first two weeks. The game against Indianapolis was close, but again, I think Indianapolis is a lot better than what an 0 three record would say. And also part that contributed to that was that botched snap on uh, the punt in the end zone. So take that for what you will. Going out and really controlling that game against Tam, Tam Brady, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that just shows how good this Rams team is. Um, in the same vein, the Cardinals have been pretty impressive so far, but I don't think that they can sustain that this week against the Rams. Um, I think that the Rams offense is going to continue to play really well. I think that uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they're going to have some success as well. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, this Rams defense can still make plays. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins, we're blessed to see that two times a year. Um, you know, really just getting to see Jalen Ramsey do a tour of playing these elite wide receivers in the division, it's it's awesome to see. Um, so that's something fun to watch. And then past that, um, in general, I just think the Rams are going to be able to get a couple more stops, make big plays for how great Kyler is. Kyler has been. He's still been prone to the occasional turnover, and I think maybe we see a Rams turnover to seal the game, possibly a defensive touchdown. I have the Rams winning, and I have the Rams covering 38-27 in a fun game. Both of these NFC West games, I think, are going to be super fun, super action-packed. Next one, Baltimore Ravens, one-point underdogs going to Denver. So um, when I saw the spread, uh, I saw it was even, which really intrigued me. But if you have as one point underdogs, that's still uh, my take still stands. Unless, unless you have winning. them winning by half of a point. Either, <laughs> either way, the Broncos are winning 27 to 25. This is going to be another awesome, awesome game this week. Um, I think my best take so far of this uh, offseason is that the Broncos are going to be super sleeper and they are going to make the playoffs. And I know you were pretty critical of them. Um, so don't listen to Jeremy. But, wait, wait, uh, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to stop you because you did this <laughs> predicated on the fact that you were a Drew Locke fan. I haven't seen Drew Locke. <laughs> I also said I was a fan of the defense. Okay, but, um, yeah. but you, you, you had them making the playoffs because you were a fan of Drew Locke and Drew Locke was going to lead them. So that's what I'm going to stand defending myself. Continue. All right. Anyway, uh, Teddy Bridgewater has filled the role that I predicted Drew Locke was going to. Granted, I didn't think Drew Locke was going to be a great quarterback, but I thought people wrote him off a little bit too quickly, and I thought a lot of his issues were fixable. Uh, he, his footwork is just awful. But uh, clearly the Broncos made the right decision starting Teddy Bridgewater. He looks like a very competent quarterback. Um, One argument I've seen against the Broncos is that they haven't played any real teams, which is true. But the fact that none of them have even crossed 13 points is, uh, I think that that speaks a lot of volumes because a a bad offense should still be able to put up more than, than 13 points. They shut out Zach Wilson and the Jets last week. This Broncos defense and team all in all is definitely legit. Um, I think the Broncos, this is, this is going to be a really hot take, but I think the Broncos are the best team that the Ravens will have faced yet. 
Uh, I'm not saying that the Broncos are better than the Chiefs, but I think so far through three weeks, the Broncos have looked better than any team that the Chiefs have played, Raiders, Chiefs, or Lions. Or sorry, Raiders. Yes, Raiders, Chiefs, or Lions. Um, the, they have the best defense in the league, in my opinion. PFF agrees with me. Uh, like I've been saying, do trust PFF however much you want. Uh, there's definitely a lot of controversy with their system. But uh, I think Lamar has been really clutch against some some pretty bad defenses. Uh, and I think this I think the I think this is gonna be the first game that he doesn't really get it done. A uh, second game he doesn't get it done. He didn't get it done against the Raiders. But uh Broncos are gonna take the win here. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good games. This uh, late slate is incredible. Um, I do have the Ravens winning. It's essentially a pick 'em whether you have it at even or one. Um, I think that Denver's look good, and again, they're three and zero. All you can do is play the teams in front of you. I'll, I will say, playing team, you know, teams that they have, uh, we can't say that this is the, you know, these are the. 2021 Denver Broncos. We still need to see see how they play this week, see how they play in the next couple weeks to know exactly what they are. But look, they've been impressive. They've gotten it done offensively. Teddy B has looked very good. Defensively, they've shut it down. Um, Baltimore, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. They lost week one to the Raiders on Monday Night Football, bounced back with an electric win against the Chiefs. And then week three kind of struggled out the gate. Um, didn't didn't look incredible, but thanks, Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal. How about it? Um, and a win's a win. Uh, the Ravens, you know the offense, you got dynamic playmaker in Lamar Jackson. Uh, a big question is what kind of Hollywood Brown are we getting? Because he looked spectacular against Kansas City. And then he just had a couple horrific drops against the Lions. So good, good Marquise Brown's really hard to stop. The guy can fly. Um, the guy can get open. It's just a matter of holding on to it. And how about Rashad Bateman, the rookie, hopefully coming back and playing this weekend. I think that'll add another level for this offense. Um, it's going to be interesting though. They still need to find their identity in terms of running backs. Obviously, Lamar can get it done with his legs, but when you they went down J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, um, it'll be, you know and they've cycled some different backs. We'll see exactly how they play it this week um, against a good Denver defense, and I think Denver is going to be able to keep them off their toes a little bit. But in that same vein, you know that you're preparing for Lamar Jackson, but it really is different when you're playing Lamar Jackson as opposed to a rookie quarterback or Daniel Jones. Um, and I think that's what's going to take the top off this game. That's the difference maker. I think that it's going to be pretty even. It's just the dynamic play of Lamar Jackson leads them to a victory. Um, specifically, I think, look, it's got to end in a Justin Tucker kick. I have the Ravens winning 26-23, 67-yard field goal. How about it? That's not actually – I don't actually think that he's going to kick a 67-yard field goal. So, <laughs> like, not that anyone's – like – gonna listen and clip this right now but like i don't actually think that just let that go on the record hey last um, time i was on here i predicted G dj dallas to have a beast quake run so yeah you, not, not, not all i, I don't think there's a, i don't think there's a lot of uh crazy takes you can have that beat that that was oddly specific and not very <laughs> successful but um yeah <laughs>
Next game, Pittsburgh Steelers and Green Bay Packers. Um, for some reason, I did not write the line down on this one. What do you have it at? Uh, I have the Packers as six and a half point favorites. Okay, six and a half. Beautiful. And I also have the Packers covering that barely by half a point. Uh, Packers winning 24 to 17. I am convinced that Big Ben is the worst starting quarterback in the league. And I, I can already hear people saying, oh, what about Zach Wilson? He's looked bad. Big Ben could not make half of the throws that Zach Wilson is making, and his offense is twice as good. The, the Jets don't have a single wide receiver that is as good as Pittsburgh's wide receiver three. And I think the Jets' offensive line without Makai Becton is the worst in the league. And, and Zach Wilson has still looked better than Big Ben. This dude is about as mobile as a tree. He's throwing absolute ducks. His arm strength is not there at all. He's not very accurate. He, he's playing bad. This is a terrible quarterback, and the Steelers should have moved on from him a long time ago, considering how good their defense is. Um, with their defense, I think Minka Fitzpatrick has looked really lackluster. His coverage grade from PFF is in the 20s, which is is pretty terrible. Um, and, and this defense also just got embarrassed by the Cincinnati Bengals, who's an offense that I'm not high on, especially that offensive line. Uh, the Packers' defense is their biggest weakness by far. But it, when you are playing Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you do not have a lot to worry about on the defensive side on the ball. Uh, the Steelers defense, obviously really good. Uh, I just think Rogers, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are better. I, I think simple as that really low scoring game. Uh, but the Packers are narrowly going to cover that spread. Yeah. Um, good news to Steelers fans specifically. I'd like to shout out Owen White. Um, I'm picking against the Steelers, which means they'll probably win because through the first three weeks, um, whatever I've picked in the Steelers game, the opposite has happened. So week one, I picked against the Steelers. They won the last two weeks. I picked them um, and they lost. So congratulations. Um, good for you. But in all seriousness, I have the Green Bay Packers winning this game 28 to 17. Um, Steelers just looked out of sorts. The offense is so handicapped by Big Ben and Big Ben just doesn't do anything. It's not a lack of weapons. The receivers are good. We saw Najee Harris get into it in the receiving game. Big Ben is the issue. No mobility, no accuracy, no nothing. He's nothing. Um, it's disrespectful to a tree to call him as mobile as a tree. He's about as stiff as cardboard. Um, and then the not an incredible offensive line. They've, you know, there's been some struggles with, uh, Najee on the ground and I don't think that's a product of Najee being bad I think it's a product of just the offensive line not having success defensive side I I'm not as concerned about the Steelers I will say Minka Fitzpatrick's been off to a rough start they need him to get back um obviously they're a better team with TJ Watt on the field that's not rocket science um defense isn't my concern it's mainly that offense then the Packers um you know, the offense, it's kind of the opposite. The offense looks like it's starting to click. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. Devontae Adams being, I think, the best wide receiver in football. And if nothing else, just an absolute beast. He get, dude got knocked out, like, almost cold. Came back a minute later in that Monday night. Or, yeah, Sunday night? Sunday night game. 
Um, Sunday night game. Sunday night game, Packers and uh, 49ers. Packers defense, it's not it's not incredible, but I also just don't think that the Steelers are going to be able to exploit it that much when you have Big Ben at quarterback. So all, all I'm told, I have the Packers winning this game by a decent margin, 28-17. to 17. Um, Sunday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, touchdown favorite in Tom Brady's return to New England against the Patriots. Uh, storyline of the century. You said it. Tom Brady is coming back to New England. Bucks are seven point favorites, and I have them covering, winning 30 to 21. Uh, I think this is a lot more of just an interesting, all oh, Brady's back, you know, storyline game than, than an actual good game. Uh, the Bucks are better at just about every position. Uh, they've got the better quarterback, better receiver group, better offensive line. Their defense is, especially their front seven, is mostly better. But I do think the Patriots have the best cornerback in the room, or sorry, best cornerback room in the league uh, between Stefan Gilmore and JC Jackson. I think that secondary secondary is super strong, uh, and especially with how strong of a wide receiver core that the Bucks have, that's going to be a really interesting matchup to see. The, the Bucks' weakness is their cornerbacks, but the Patriots' wide receivers suck. So I don't think they're going to be good enough to take advantage of that because if, you, if you're going to hit the Bucks anywhere, it's going to be that secondary. Have, have good route-running receivers that can take advantage of that secondary, and the Patriots just don't really have that. Um, you know, they've got Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. No, no really big names on that wide receiving core. Um, Bucks are all in all just a better team. It's it, this is more of this is only just a night game because it's going to be really cool to see the storyline. Uh, Bucks just went out and got Richard Sherman though, so I I kind of doubt he plays in this game just because you know how new he is and everything. But I think I think that's going to improve their team going forward. To wrap it up, storyline game, Bucks win, cover the spread, and they win by nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think there's that much to be said. I think you said it super well. There's this narrative of him coming home, and I think it'd be really funny if he lost, but I just don't see it. The Tampa Bay's a better team in just about every imaginable way. Um, Last week, the Patriots didn't look good, and, I mean, the Patriots' one win was against a measly Jets team. And I'll tell you that I don't even think, you know, obviously what they did to Zach Wilson was, you know, good but the offense really didn't even look that great and I think the whole Mac Jones praise to start the year look he did fine he did his job that was mainly just based on him not being asked to do that much mainly just check downs not being super aggressive and then really just a brutal week last week against the Saints um I don't I don't think New England's really gonna be able to keep up with Tom Brady especially Brady after a loss that that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. And you mentioned it, Buccaneers, um, a lot of their struggles have come in the secondary. Patriots have a decent group of receivers in general, but they don't have a guy that can take the top off and expose the secondary. So all in all, I, I got the Bucs, you know, cruising this one pretty easily, 30 to 17. Um, a lot more of a storyline game than an actual um, great game with a lot of great games this week. And we conclude with Monday Night Football. Las Vegas Raiders playing another Monday Night game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Three-point favorites are the Chargers. 
Uh, I have the Raiders covering, but the Chargers winning by one, 26 to 25. This Chargers team, particularly the offense, is seriously clicking. Justin Herbert showing no signs of a sophomore slump. Uh, Austin Eckler getting the volume that uh, fantasy owners really hoped he would get. Keenan Allen looks like same old Keenan Allen. Mike Williams has been one of the biggest surprises this year. This offensive line looks fantastic. Uh, I said in the last episode, Rashawn Slater looks like the Chargers franchise left tackle. He, I think he's been the best rookie uh, by far, and I think he's really being overlooked. Uh, Corey Lindsley's still the best center in the league. This offense looks very much improved. I think their defense is also very much improved. Uh, you still got Joey Bosa, one of the best edge rushers in the league. Uh, Derwin James has, has looked like the best safety in the league, league through three weeks. Um, I really like this Chargers team. The Raiders are 3-0, and uh, I'm going to be blunt here. I think they are frauds. I think they are by far the worst 3-0 team. Uh, Carr has looked good, but... I think people are seriously overreacting to, to his performance. He, this is a good three games. We've got to stop acting like the Raiders are the team to beat in the AFC right now. Um, their defense is overrated. Uh, Secondary is really not there. I, I'm not a big fan of their pass rush. Um, I, I really don't understand how they're 3-0 and right now. But uh, I, I think Josh Jacobs is... I'm holding true to my Josh Jacobs take. He is not the best running back on his team. When he, he, he's been unhealthy, but when he was healthy, he has been grossly inefficient. He's, he's a goal line back and that's why he has, his touchdown numbers are there, but he he's averaging, I think what three yards a carry. It, it has not been good for him. He's been outperformed by Kenyon Drake. He's even been outperformed by Peyton Barber. This he, he has not looked good at all, and I'm holding true to my take that he is not the best running back on his team. Um, this should be a good Monday night game, considering the AFC West, uh, their divisional games, they always put up a really good fight against each other. Raiders are covering. Chargers are winning 26-25. to Yeah, um, this is an interesting Monday night. It's kind of crazy that the Raiders here at three and zero, but you know it's a three game sample size. Because that's the thing, any team can go on a three game winning streak throughout the year, and you don't think of it the same. It's just starting off, which I understand. Um, Chargers have looked pretty dang good though, and don't get it twisted. I'm not a fan of the Chargers by any means, but um, definitely some investments in some of their players in fantasy football makes me root a little differently. Um, but the Chargers look, Justin Herbert's been looking good. Eckler looks healthy and really good. Um, the wide receiver corps, Keenan Allen does his thing. And I think the biggest, and I mean biggest thing, is that Mike Williams is starting to ball out. Um, dude had crazy potential coming out of college. He just hasn't known to put it all together. And it's still early. But look, the guy's doing his job right now and doing it incredibly. Um, so that offense looks good. Defense in general, you know, it's a solid defense. I don't think it's one of the best out there, but it's enough to, you know, limit the Raiders enough. And then for the Raiders, I, I, I think Derek Carr is super, super solid. And I think that he's continuously underrated. And that's just not even, not even just from this three-game sample size. I think in general, he's just pretty solid. And especially, you know, he has, he has fine weapons, but it's really a lot of just Darren Waller. And especially if, 
Josh Jacobs is as bad as Jackson wants him to be. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a ton of incredible guys, but he gets it done. I think just in general, he's a solid player. Um, so I think the offense can move it. Darren Waller is just an absolute game changer. It's very hard to game plan for a guy like him at tight end. So I'd expect a big game from him as I kind of would every week. Um, defensively, I really don't believe in the Raiders. I think a lot of their defensive success is stemmed from not playing incredible teams and a little bit of just opportune moments. I don't think that it's at all sustainable. Um, so in the end, I have the Chargers winning this game. I think it'll be a good game. Um, I have the and I have them covering 32-26 to cap off the week in the NFL. Um, also, I just like to say, um, would it be fair to say that Josh Jacobs is your Trayvon Diggs? Uh, I think Trey Flowers. No, yeah, I I guess you could argue that because I know you hate Trayvon Diggs because you were a fan of him, and and I was never a big fan. Like, like Josh Jacobs never played for any team that I liked. But, um, yeah, I think in, in terms of them being very overrated in our eyes, I think, yeah, Josh Jacobs and probably Ezekiel Elliott would be my Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, I, I love Josh Jacobs, regardless of his play. I love all Alabama players except Trayvon Diggs, I guess. <laughs> um, I'll just about conclude this episode. Do you have anything to add before we go, Jackson? Um, nope, not much. Oh, uh, NFL Hot Takes 03 on TikTok. Y'all already know, run it up. I swear, you got, you've gotten, a, the guy's gotten a lot of views, but I think his video saying that he made his picks on a podcast, the Red Shirt podcast, two weeks ago, I think it was his worst video. Is that right? Oh, and it, 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 it's not even close either. That's, uh, I, I think it's my only one with, with sub four digit views. I think we're getting blacklisted. I'll call TikTok about that. Um, on my end, obviously, you're listening to the Redshirt Podcast on Spotify. Make sure to check out the blog, theredshirt.wixsite.com, <gasps> the Instagram at the dot. Are you are you watching the Bengals? Game I right am now, watching the Bengals as well. Oh. <laughs> um, Instagram at the dot Redshirt, the Twitter at the Redshirt Blog. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirt Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.